Welcome to Solutions and Strategies with Dr. Sean, Living the Challenge. Our program is designed to offer solutions to those individuals with exceptional needs, plus families, professionals, and educators. Dr. Sean and his guests will share ideas that you can begin using immediately in order to promote a harmonious relationship and move forward. Now, here is your host, Dr. Sean Surface. Hey, good morning, Voice America. Welcome back to Solutions and Strategies, taking on the challenge with Dr. Sean. It has been a long time. I have not had a live show since for at least the last 30 days and have been missing you. Uh, Lots of things going on. I want to welcome you back. I hope that you had a good week. I hope that You've been able to celebrate some of your successes while you continually are working on those challenges that we have in our lives. Um, I've been doing a lot of work in regards to mindfulness and specifically looking at acceptance and commitment therapy and training. Been doing workshops throughout Southern California and have done several webinars. Um, If you're interested also, we are doing a webinar uh, just around the 17th of each month uh, called An Evening with Dr. Sean, and just been discussing or just starting to discuss mindfulness, meditation, and uh, how to use applied behavior analysis with acceptance commitment therapy. So that is available on our website at totalprograms.org and check it out. You can see it on our Facebook page and all the little social media stuff that I don't really know how to do, but people help me do. So that is available if you are interested. And what's nice about it is you're, you're with a group of people that are dealing with similar stuff that you might be dealing with and One of the biggest issues I always, or one of the biggest comforts and stress is something that's called universalism. And with universalism, it's the idea that, you know, you're not the only one who's dealt with whatever issue that you're dealing with. And so when you hear about how other people have dealt with it, kind of helps. And that kind of brings us to this idea of universalism or what do we do to kind of loosen up our heads that are so addicted to thinking that we can't stop our obsessive thinking about stuff. What can we do to reduce the stress, reduce the amount of, of obsessive thought usually surrounding our histories. One of the things that I have been really talking a lot about is the fact that the majority of challenges that we come across are hindered quite often by our histories where we think we're going to fail like we did before, we think we're not going to do well like we didn't do before, we think we're not going to be able to accomplish what we're trying to accomplish because we didn't do it before. And so those histories commonly block us from accomplishing what we want to. And it has to do with what's called psychological flexibility. 
psychological flexibility, as I've been discussing on the show, allows you to deal with different types of conflicts and situations as they come up so that you're not always caught up in your head and, and have certain thoughts solidified in your head. We have talked about the idea of what's called cognitive fusion. And cognitive fusion is this kind of solidified thought where you have come to the conclusion that something is a certain way and you really just can't shift your, your thinking around that. So you get kind of frozen and what tends to happen is what we would call experiential avoidance. You just start avoiding stuff. And you avoid stuff because maybe you have anxiety you're dealing with. Maybe you have depression that you're dealing with. And these things come up more often when you come into conflicts and you come into situations where you really just don't know how to, you know, deal with it. And because it's very hard to know how to deal with it. And so you just avoid dealing with it. You know, one of the, uh, here's a, a thought or a, a statement about anxiety and depression that I thought was, hit it kind of right on the head. Having anxiety and depression is like being scared and tired at the same time. It's the fear of failure, but no urge to be productive. It's wanting friends, but hating socializing. It's wanting to be alone, but not wanting to be lonely. It's feeling everything at once, and then paralyzingly numb. Then feeling paralyzingly numb. And I think it well describes what depression and anxiety are. And cognitive fusion usually comes into play in regards to both. So let's, we'll continue our, our, our thought on that in, in, in a couple of minutes. I want to get back into a quick definition of what acceptance and commitment therapy is. This is the fourth part of a mindfulness series that I'm doing on the, on the show. And it, it was and is to explain uh, some mindfulness-based cognitive therapy. And the co mindfulness-based cognitive therapy or the mindfulness-based stress reduction method that I talk about is acceptance and commitment therapy. So the main goal of acceptance and commitment therapy or ACT is to increase psychological flexibility. And if you remember from past shows, I talked about a hexaflex or design that shows the ideas around psychological flexibility and how to increase it. So I do ask that you would go online and Google hexaflex or Google ACT hexaflex um, or psychological flexibility hexaflex. H-E-X-A-F-L-E-X. Because you should be able to look at this while you're listening. And so ACT is a form of therapy that aims to help people accept unavoidable events. 
identify actions that will lead to goals and acknowledge thoughts rather than accepting or disregarding them. When psychological flexibility was targeted in one study of ACT, there is a stronger reduction in psychological distress. Now, there's six core areas that we look at in ACT. Acceptance, cognitive diffusion, self as context, being present, values, and committed action. Acceptance is taught in order to teach people to embrace their emotions rather than trying to get rid of them. See, for so long, our even in our behavioral world, our idea was like if something came into your head that was considered a negative thought, you should say to yourself, stop thinking about that and think about something else instead. Well, that tends to have things fester rather than actually move things from a place of worry and concern to non-worry and and no concern. The stop thinking technique is a cognitive behavioral technique and, and it tends to set up kind of a reinforcement of avoidance where you consistently kind of avoid stuff rather than, uh, you know, accepting it for what it is. Because whether you accept it for what it is or not, it is what it is. See, we spend a lot of time in the past thinking about our sadnesses and our depressions and the things that really bug us about ourselves We spend a lot of time thinking about the future, things we're not going to be able to accomplish, things that we're afraid to go and do, things that we think we're not going to do well, things that we're going to be unsuccessful at. And both situations, whether or not we're thinking about those sad things in the past or the frightening things in the future, they simply do not exist. The past is gone. The future ain't occurred yet. Neither exist. Only thing that one can do is focus on what's in front of them, the present. So if you spend time trying to block away what's in front of you, avoid what's in front of you, not pay attention to the things that are are happening to you, they will still be there. My grandmother used to say, wherever you are, that's where you'll be. You can't run away from yourself. You can't run away from issues that are internal. So what an act does is it says, okay, let's not move away and block the thought. Let's accept it. Let's think about it. Let's look at it. Let's observe it. Let's surrender to it. And you can only do that by being in the present moment, by observing what's going on around you, by accepting the goods and the bads of it, and deciding which parts are important to you based on your value system. 
And that's the difference between ACT and any other type of cognitive therapy is that it's value-based. Like what's important to you? So we're coming to our first break, and when we return, we will uh, continue to the discussion of ACT, and I'm going to get more into those six areas. I want you to focus on, well, you know what? I'm going to tell you what to focus on when we, we, when we return. Okay, we'll be back in a couple of minutes. Become our friend on Facebook. Post your thoughts about our shows and network on our timeline. Visit Facebook.com forward slash Voice America. Life has its joys and challenges. At Total Programs, we can assist you with the challenges and show you that solutions are possible when good strategies are put into place. At Total Programs, we understand how difficult your day can be. And our goal is to assist your family in having the supportive, safe, and successful environment where love and joy can reign. We can design programs and strategies to bring you the success, safety, and support that you desire for your home, school, and community. Call 1-866-54-TUTOR or visit TotalPrograms.org. Now you don't have to stay linked to your desktop or laptop. Take Voice America on the go and listen anywhere. Get our mobile app for iPhone, BlackBerry, or Android at the Apple iTunes App Store, BlackBerry App World, or Android Market. You are listening to Solutions and Strategies with Dr. Sean, Living the Challenge. We'd love to encourage your participation in the program. Call into 1-866-472-5792. Again, that's 1-866-472-5792. You may also send an email to seansurface at totalprograms.org. Now, back to this week's show. Okay, welcome back. I hope you got a cup of coffee, a little something to nosh on while you're listening. Um, So we were talking about psychological flexibility and ACT, which is acceptance and commitment therapy. And I said I really want you to focus on one thing, and that's the now. I want you to focus on what's right in front of you. Um, There are various ways to bring yourself back to the now. And one of the ways that's really great is what we really need in our life, and it's called breathing. It's really important that you consistently breathe and that you find your, when you find yourself yawning a lot, coughing a lot, even gasping for air, you might find that, hey, you know what? I'm really out of focus of the present here. I must be drifting off into the future. Or it must be trying to predict what's going to happen next because my uh, body is on hold. It's not functioning right. So there is something that's called the 478 breathing technique. And Andrew Vial came up with this. And it is this you first start out with a big whoosh to get all the air out of your system, and then you breathe in. For four seconds. So one, let's let's start breathing in. One, two, 
three, four. Now I want you to hold that breath for seven seconds. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven. Now exhale for eight. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight. Now that is a very natural way to get some tranquility going in your body, bring down the stress levels. You know, again, one of the things that I've talked about in the past is that there's parts of the brain that specifically are there to trigger alertness and to keep you ready for to fight. And so with the idea that, and this part of the brain is called the bed termin- nucleus terminalis, and it's a part of the brain that's there specifically for the parasympathetic nervous system for that fight or flight to get you moving at any time, at any point that something might occur, which means that your brain is always on constant alert, always looking for that next dangerous thing. Now, yes, that can happen when we're in the middle of the uh, jungle or in the middle of you know a war, but we don't think about that so much when we're just in our daily lives. And in our daily lives, we can be under constant stress. And if we're under constant stress, our brains don't know the difference between the stress of work or the stress of a relationship and the stress of a tiger that's about to eat you. It really doesn't know the difference. So, what it does is it keeps your brain constantly in a state of arousal so that you're always ready to fight that tiger. Well, that's going to be the title of my book. Stop running because the tiger isn't there. There isn't a tiger there. All that's there is your thinking. And what tends to happen is that you tend to think about those things that you did wrongly in the past and you worry about doing them again in the future. When you start drifting to the past, when you start drifting to the future and you recognize it, you recognize the fact that you're time traveling or that you're predicting what's going on, hey, actually it's a good thing because at that moment you're in the present. And it is that moment that you can have some present moment awareness. When we look at ACT, acceptance is taught in order to teach people to embrace their emotions rather than trying to get rid of them. An example of acceptance would be when when people get angry and then choose to focus on the anger and accept that they are angry rather than trying to unleash the anger to get rid of it. So, with acceptance, okay, say you are angry about something. Well, you have the choice of blowing up, or you have the choice of looking at what are you actually angry about. Usually we're angry because we haven't been understood, we're frustrated, we are ashamed of something we've done ourselves, we're feeling uh, uh, unheard or we don't know how to deal with something. These things are what usually trigger anger. 
not the actual person who you're interacting with. You may be frustrated because they're not communicating with you. But then when you don't change your mode of communication, you're just trying to do the same thing and get different results. When we focus on accepting the emotion and embracing it, it's not going to take over the body. It's not going to put you into a state where you feel bad about yourself or feel bad about others. Because usually what happens, especially with anger, is we get angry at somebody and then within a time period, short time period, we're upset about ourselves. And why? Because we didn't embrace the emotion and really look at it in the first place. From the get-go, we put it on the other person or put it on the external force that made us angry rather than looking at ourselves and accepting that. And that's a, a very solidified cognitive belief. You just got that stuck in your head. That that is how you are going to interact with this person that you're angry with. Rather than looking at what do you bring to the table? What are your issues in regards to what makes you angry and do you get angry often? What kind of things are there that put you into a situation where you feel angry? So accepting that and once you start to dive into that acceptance, that cognitive fusion, that solidified thought is going to be diffused and you're going to move more into cognitive diffusion, which teaches people to not take their thoughts as literal in order to decrease the believability of negative thoughts and increase the flexibility to behave as they want. An example of the cognitive diffusion would be when somebody thinks, I'm the worst, and then notices the thought for what it is, mere words, perhaps by saying to themselves, I'm having a thought that I'm the worst. And it's a whole different way of looking at it. Now, one of the things that comes into play when you have cognitive fusion is that you may commonly feel like let's let's put it this way if you have a negative outlook on life and and it's been negative pretty long when positiveness or change comes your way you may resist it because you've lived a life of a negative personality you've lived a life of a hard done upon person And to let go of that would be to let go of who you are. And so you may not let go of your negative personality or your psychological inflexibility because if you do so, you think you won't exist any longer. It's pretty common. It's a pretty common phenomenon. Eckhart Tolle says it's insane, but it's pretty common. And what he means is like, why would we do that to ourselves? 
why would we maintain a negative outlook on ourselves rather than a positive one? Well, you know, it brings things. When you're the hard down upon person, people may feel sorry for you for a while. You may get attention that you need. You may get nurturance that you need. You may get some kind of validation. So to let go of all of that and not know how to get the validation from someplace else, that's pretty scary. That's pretty risky. So a lot of people won't let it go. They'd rather be the hard done upon person than to start showing some psychological flexibility and frankly enjoying life a little bit more. You create who you are. You make the decisions of what works for you and what doesn't. You may state in your mind right now that others are making those decisions for you. But truly, the only one that can decide how to think about something is yourself. If you attempt to block your thinking and not examine it, it's still going to be there. It's still going to interact with your body and it's not going to allow you to truly excel to the things you want to do because it's going to cause you to go into experiential avoidance pretty often. So if you're spending a lot of time avoiding, 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 you're not going to be living. So it starts off very easily with just avoid trying to avoid a thought. Then next thing, you're avoiding talking about it. Then you're avoiding doing anything about it. And those avoidances then become guilt areas, shame areas, things that you feel bad about yourself, and you get more involved in your own negative thinking. Now, a step can be to recognize, yeah, I like to be thought of in this negative way. Because then people feel sorry for me or people might come and help me. You know, we work with a lot of families and they have pretty stressful lives. They have a lot of stuff going on and sometimes they just learn to just get really, really mad because that will and threaten and, and get really upset because that will bring them something. And it's often reinforced because when we see somebody's really upset, we try and go into action as fast as possible. But what it does is that reinforces their negative outlook on things. And so to try and respond to them in a neutral way when they're angry, recognizing that the anger is frustration and that the anger is also might be the way that they have learned to get help. And it's looking at it very differently. So, when we come back from our break, we're going to continue our discussion and continue the definition of some of the core areas of ACT. So we'll be back in a couple minutes. 
Become our friend on Facebook. Post your thoughts about our shows and network on our timeline. Visit Facebook.com forward slash Voice America. Life has its joys and challenges. At Total Programs, we can assist you with the challenges and show you that solutions are possible when good strategies are put into place. At Total Programs, we understand how difficult your day can be, and our goal is to assist your family in having a supportive, safe, and successful environment where love and joy can reign. We can design programs and strategies to bring you the success, safety, and support that you desire for your home, school, and community. Call 1-866-54-TUTOR or visit TotalPrograms.org. Are you finding your frequency? It can be described as that space between failure and success. It's the future of digital media. It's finding your voice. It's engaging topics, content, and ideas. Jeff and Ryan discuss the digital media space and all of its aspects. It's about making the mistakes, taking the chances, summoning the intestinal fortitude to step out of your comfort zone, and discovering what you can accomplish when you decide to try, decide to learn, decide that you have something to say, and find your frequency. Live Fridays at 12 noon Pacific Time, 3 p.m. Eastern Time, on the Voice America Variety Channel. Have you friended us on Facebook yet? Why not? Just go to Facebook.com forward slash Voice America or search for the keywords Voice America. Once you are part of our Facebook network, you'll receive daily messages about what's happening with our shows, this week's featured guests, and new happenings at the Voice America Talk Radio Network. And you can add your voice to the always active discussions on our timeline. Just go to Facebook.com forward slash Voice America or search for Voice America. The Voice America Live Events Channel is here now to showcase your corporate, individual, or organization's live event. Visit voiceamerica.com forward slash live events to see all of our past live events and find out more. Whether it's a multi-day conference, special speaker, or single-day event, we've got everything to make your event a success. We can do a few hours or a few days. For more information about taking your event to the next level, call Jeff Spinard at 480-294-6417 or email info at voiceamerica.com. Again, that's Jeff Spinard at 480-294-6417 or send us an email to info at voiceamerica.com. Voice America is where you are and where you want to be. Join us around the globe as we broadcast live from some of the most interesting events available. Don't forget to view all our live events, including on-demand access to past events that you may have missed by visiting voiceamerica.com forward slash live events. We're on the pulse of the world with great shows and hosts. The Voice America Health and Wellness Channel is also on Twitter. We've got ideas to keep you healthy, breaking health news, and more. Follow us on Twitter at Voice AM Health. That's at Voice AM Health. You are listening to Solutions and Strategies with Dr. Sean, Living the Challenge. We'd love to encourage your participation in the program. Call into 1-866-472-5792. Again, that's 1-866-472-5792. You may also send an email to seansurface at totalprograms.org. Now, back to this week's show. Okay, welcome back. Yeah, I was we were just discussing the idea of colons and... We don't commonly have a lot of 
call-ins in the morning, and but I do get a lot of emails, and so I know that you guys are listening maybe on the recorded podcast more than live, but if you have, you know, questions that come up and you are listening live, I would love to have a, a, a call-in, and so please do that, and um, or, you know, if you can't, maybe send me an email. And you can ask your question and I'll send it out. And what's nice about the, the questions is I usually do try and incorporate them back into the next show. So if I'm repeating stuff or if I'm, you know, re-explaining something, it's because somebody's asked me to do that. And so, um, okay, so anyway, so if you get the chance, give us a call or give us send us an email. Now, we're talking about how to build psychological flexibility through ACT, through acceptance and commitment training and therapy. So the, 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 the biggest area of them all, which is the third of the six core areas, is being present. And being present teaches people to directly experience the world by paying attention to the moment and being aware. Um, a really good example of being present is meditation and mindfulness. It's hard because anybody who's ever meditated knows that your mind will drift. It will start thinking about all sorts of things while you are in this mode of attempting to be peaceful and calm. But it's okay because when you start to drift... And you think to yourself, oh my goodness, I'm not meditating on the mantra, or I'm not meditating on the prayer, or I'm not meditating on the thought. I'm thinking about 10,000 things. Fine. You've actually created presence. Presence aware, Present awareness is created by understanding that you're in the moment. I mean, it sounds simple, right? It's very hard for us all to do this. We tend to spend so much of our time in our past thinking and our future thinking that we don't spend the time necessary in our present time. And here's the thing about the present. Most things that we worry ourselves about, most things that didn't go the way we wanted to, they're either over or they haven't happened yet. But we spend all of this time living in those past and future moments without the ability to enjoy the right now. Because you know what? If you really think about it, think about what's going on in front of you right now. Right now, you're probably okay. If you have the ability to sit in front of your computer and listen to a radio show or listen to a podcast. No tigers chasing you. There's no volcano exploding. Your home isn't falling into an abyss. There's no black hole sucking you in. You are existing in the place that you want to be. You're okay. For the moment, for the present, you're cool. Things are all right. And it's so nice, especially when you're a worrier, to be able to say, hey, you know what, though? Right now, right this moment, 
everything seems pretty cool. Everything seems like I'd love to be in this moment always. And that's the kicker, is that you can be in this moment always. You are in it. It's the present. So often, excuse me, so often, we could spend our whole day time traveling, mind reading, predicting what's going to happen. This mind reading thing, boy, it causes problems. Because you commonly think that somebody's thinking in a certain way or thinking about something in a certain way, and they aren't thinking about it at all. They are thinking about something totally different. It's in your mind that it is a top thought, not necessarily in the others. And even if it is in the other person's top priority... Of thinking, it doesn't mean that they're thinking in the way that you think they are. You only know how somebody is, what somebody's thinking by asking them. But we spend a lot of time trying to think about what, or, or not even trying, deciding that this is what somebody has thought about you. And you truly have no idea whatsoever because you don't mind read if you are such a good mind reader take yourself to Las Vegas or Atlantic City and utilize that skill because it hasn't done you much good so far so don't take too much money with you because you probably lose it all but if you are really good at it and you find that every time you mind read it turns out to be true Uh, Hey, take that skill to Vegas. But I bet you it doesn't work out very often. I bet you pretty commonly you think that something's going to happen in a certain way and it doesn't happen that way. Or here's another one, that you worry about it so that you believe that if you worry about it, it won't go wrong. But if you don't worry about it, it will go wrong. So you worry about it and you stay in your future thought and you really don't have the ability to truly know what's going on because you're not in the present moment. But once again, the moment you recognize the fact that you're drifting, you're predicting, you're mind reading, you can bring yourself back to the present. Only in present moment awareness can you problem solve. Only in present moment awareness are you going to be able to go in the direction that you want to go in. You won't have guidance if you're living in non-reality spaces like the past or the future. They aren't real. Even the past that you lived through is not necessarily real in that the way that you look at the past or the way that somebody else looks at the exact same event may be very different.
you may see it as the worst event ever, and somebody else might may see it as, hey, this was the greatest day of my life. It's another thing to, if you're just really, really, really stuck on predicting, okay, here's something to think about when you're predicting. You may be in a really bad space, but on this earth, there is somebody who's in a really good space. So, if you're in that bad space and you can recognize just for a moment that your future or past thinking around it and then you go with well, somebody right now who's happy right now in this present moment you may actually move yourself right into the present moment and you know what you might even find yourself happy maybe you're actually going to be that person for that moment Maybe the realization of that there's one person in the present moment that's happy when you're not happy might allow you to recognize the fact that it's you. Wouldn't that be a shocker? That you are the one that is the happy one. Wouldn't that be a shocker? It's how you describe yourself and what you believe yourself to be. Now we're coming to our next break and when we return from it, we're going to get into the next area, which is self as context. It's really looking at how, well, who are you? And how do you become who, do you, who you are? What do you come to the table with? So... We'll be back in a couple minutes and we'll continue to discuss mindfulness and acceptance and commitment training and therapy. We'll be right back. Become our friend on Facebook. Post your thoughts about our shows and network on our timeline. Visit Facebook.com forward slash Voice America. Life has its joys and challenges. At Total Programs, we can assist you with the challenges and show you that solutions are possible when good strategies are put into place. At Total Programs, we understand how difficult your day can be, and our goal is to assist your family in having the supportive, safe, and successful environment where love and joy can reign. We can design programs and strategies to bring you the success, safety, and support that you desire for your home, school, and community. Call 1-866-54-TUTOR or visit TotalPrograms.org. Are you finding your frequency? It can be described as that space between failure and success. It's the future of digital media. It's finding your voice. It's engaging topics, content, and ideas. Jeff and Ryan discuss the digital media space and all of its aspects. It's about making the mistakes, taking the chances, summoning the intestinal fortitude to step out of your comfort zone, and discovering what you can accomplish when you decide to try, decide to learn, decide that you have something to say, and find your frequency. Live Fridays at 12 noon Pacific Time, 3 p.m. Eastern Time, on the Voice America Variety Channel. 
Have you friended us on Facebook yet? Why not? Just go to Facebook.com forward slash Voice America or search for the keywords Voice America. Once you are part of our Facebook network, you'll receive daily messages about what's happening with our shows, this week's featured guests, and new happenings at the Voice America Talk Radio Network. And you can add your voice to the always active discussions on our timeline. Just go to Facebook.com forward slash Voice America or search for Voice America. You are listening to Solutions and Strategies with Dr. Sean, Living the Challenge. We'd love to encourage your participation in the program. Call into 1-866-472-5792. Again, that's 1-866-472-5792. You may also send an email to seansurface at totalprograms.org. Now, back to this week's show. Well, welcome back. So we've been discussing the idea of psychological flexibility, how to move in that direction through the use of ACT, acceptance, commitment, therapy, and training. We have discussed the first three areas, which are acceptance. Secondly, uh, cognitive diffusion. And thirdly, present moment awareness. Now, as I was saying, when you can function in the present moment, you're much more likely to be able to accept who you truly are. And what happens is is that we attempt to define who we are based on some of the experiences we've had, based on things we've gone through, things that we've accomplished. We don't tend to base ourselves on things we haven't done well or we haven't accomplished. Or we tend to completely identify ourselves as somebody who's been unsuccessful. Self as context attempts to have people create an awareness of their own experiences without being attached to them. This process is done in order to help people let go of specific content and experience themselves. You know, things happen in life. Lots of stuff happens. And it causes a lot of a lot of us, all of us, to suffer. So life can be filled with suffering. But isn't it how we approach it? And when we have worked through some serious, serious stuff, well, that should be an accomplishment one's proud of. See, your survival is your strength, not your shame. So if your survival is always your shame, that's who you're going to see as yourself, a shameful person. But think about the things that you have worked through in your life. Really hard stuff. On your own personal side, maybe sicknesses, maybe not doing well in school, maybe not doing well in relationships, maybe not having the financial stability that you want, and externally living in a community that has 
challenges, violence, difficulty, aggressiveness, and living in a, a world that has many, many negative things occurring. But the fact that we live through those things and, and you live through them by the, your actions, by certain things that you have do, do and, and have done. So maybe it didn't have the, the exact outcome that you wanted. But how do you know that that outcome isn't the, exactly what you needed? So often it's the case that we're going down a road and we're on this, you know, vacation and then we have to take a detour and we're, you know, upset because we don't know exactly where we're going and we're concerned that it's not going to put us on the right track and we find not only did it put us back on the right track, but hey, it actually led us to some pretty cool stuff, some unexpected stuff. It's the unexpected stuff that can be the most enlightening in your life. I remember when I graduated with my undergrad degree, I was going to go to this certain school. And I had planned it for years. that Once I graduated, I was going to go to that particular school and I was going to get a license as a therapist and begin to do therapy with people. And so I went down to have the interview. I sent in an application. It was accepted. I went down for an interview. And they asked me what I wanted to write my dissertation on. And I had no idea whatsoever. So I came up with some cockamamie idea that this is what I would want to study. And it had something to do with the AIDS epidemic of the 1980s. This was in just about 1991. <laughs> and it was obvious that I had no idea what I was talking about and had no uh, direction whatsoever, and I didn't get accepted. And I thought, oh, wow, that is it. I'm not going to be the therapist. I'm not going to be able to do counseling. I'm not going to be able to do the work that I want to do. Well... I started looking around at other programs and I found a school psychology program and I thought, okay, maybe that's something that would work well for me because it's a combination of psychology and education and, and it ended up being the greatest thing that I ever went into. I worked with kids, schools, families. I have the whole organization now because of that work that I did. So I don't know that it would have been the same way. But that, who I am, the successes in my life have come from pathways that I didn't expect. Now, in your life, one of the, 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 the fifth core area is values. And values teach people to take actions a value is something that's like a lifelong endeavor. Like for me, it's like helping kids. That's my value system. I'm going to set up things in a way that's going to help children be successful. But the sixth area, which is called committed action, 
teaches people to make changes in behavior in order for them to be able to live those values. So a value is a lifelong thing, but a committed action is a shorter goal. And it's those shorter goals that help you work through the barriers that you're trying to work through. So we have acceptance, we have cognitive diffusion, we have being aware, we have self as context, we have value systems, and we have committed actions. With those six core areas, you can begin to examine and observe yourself in the present moment, surrender to the things that are going on around you, and truly begin to live your life without all the depression and anxiety because the depression's in the past and the anxiety's in the future. So you don't necessarily have to live in those non-reality areas if you can bring yourself into the present moment. Practice it. Tell yourself you're a beginner. You're no expert at it. So it takes off the pressure. Begin to learn. Begin to understand that your success is not dependent on anybody else. Your success is, is you. You are going to be the one that determines whether or not your life goes in the direction you want it to. Try and utilize these six core areas. I believe that they will help you. So we're at the end of our show. I so much look forward to talking to you again next time. Remember that on Strategies and Solutions, taking on the challenge with Dr. Sean, we're about your success. And know that each day can be the new future you dream of having in your life. So I'll see you next time. Blessings. Thanks so much for listening to Solutions and Strategies with Dr. Sean. Living the challenge. Be sure to join us again next Thursday at 11 a.m. Eastern Time and 8 a.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Health and Wellness Channel. Have a great week.